Boop, Graham. Whoop, whoop. Wow. Yeah, I hope I didn't break the microphone. Wow, there's like a monkey in here with a, me. That was a gibbon. Yeah? All right. Which is a form of monkey. <laughs> that, that's a gibbon. Oh. <laughs> Graham, I, I have something to say to you today. Mm-hmm. We choose to go to the moon, Graham. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and to do the other things. Not because they're easy, Graham, but because they're hard. Because it's hard. Because it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> because... How many times have you used that as an excuse? <laughs> <laughs> hey, baby, we choose to go to the moon because it's hard. <laughs> now, I bring this up, Graham. I need to take a shower. Uh, we do that afterwards. Mm. You you recognize those words, don't you? Yes. The, yes. the, the Kennedys uh, justifying or announcing the ambition of, of uh, going to the moon. 1961, he made that speech, I think. and To do it uh, before the end of the decade, right? That's right. And he uh, energized American society and industry. And got the job done. The moonshot was a reality. Now, as we know, that was motivated in part by the Cold War politics mm-hmm. and a number of things. So uh, ever since then, we have this term moonshot mm-hmm. for any large endeavor, usually government run, that seems out of reach, but somehow we're going to accomplish it. Right. Now, you know what the current moonshot is that the American government is undertaking, right? Curing cancer. Curing cancer. And Supposedly uh, Biden is in charge of this. Yes, right. Yeah. And I'm reminded, uh, as an episode in the West Wing, uh, I don't know if does, you remember this. Does Canada have a, a moonshot? I think um, something to do with the Stanley Cup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... Um, episode of the West Wing mm-hmm. where they're trying to figure out what their agenda That was our Canadian content, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> now we're done with that. <laughs> Go back to more interesting things. <laughs> in the West Wing episode, there's a discussion in the White House over what their agenda would be for Bartlett's second term. Mm-hmm. And I think it was Josh who said, let's just cure cancer. Because mm. you know? all it takes is enough money and focus and we can do anything. Right? And it's amazing that's happening now. They're mm-hmm. attempting to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, will they succeed? What do you think? Well, partially. What does that mean, partially? partially. <laughs> it's the safe cure answer. Cure one person's cancer and not Well, <laughs> to my mind, there is no one thing called cancer. Right? I see. So to say you're going to cure cancer is just too amorphous. Mm-hmm. I mean, going to the moon is very concrete. Uh, you can measure it. It's sort of very you know straightforward goal. You can tell when you've achieved it or not, although mm-hmm. some people still don't believe that they did. Um but curing cancer, I mean, so many different types of cancer, so many different mechanisms behind, um, you know, how they start and spread and so forth. So That's true. Um, it's a, obviously, I think it's a much greater challenge than simply going to the moon, which mm-hmm. was an engineering endeavor. Mm-hmm. And cancer is almost a humanistic endeavor, right. whatever that means. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it occurred I mean, to if me. They, if, sorry to interrupt, but sure. it, uh, it, I figured that if, if they said something like, we're going to try and discover a way to regulate cells that are multiplying out of control or something mm. like that. That that would be a bit more, more specific sure. and would actually help cure cancer to some extent, I'm sure. Um, but is there another other kinds of moonshots do you mm. think are, are worth thinking about? Oh, okay. So we're leaving the cancer one aside. We right could. Now. We can yeah. continue. The, I mean, cancer is depressing. Yeah. And neither one of us is a cancer expert, so it's kind no. of pointless. 
if we if we could only speak about what we're experts on, it would be a very short <laughs> podcast. It would also be in Chinese. Gus mm-hmm. Gray is an expert in Chinese, which well, will come back, by the way. So that, that will be relevant for today's episode. Mm-hmm. But what other things? Other moonshots, so yeah. things that, that that might be actually more achievable, but would only but could only be achieved with vast amounts of money and right. and. Uh, resources that the government has. And it's not just money. It's mm-hmm. the marshalling of a variety of industries right, towards right. a particular goal. Yeah, yeah. And to some extent, I think Kennedy was able to make that original moonshot statement because there was still a lot of um, political will and a lot of faith in the power of government and government being a benevolent force and so on and so forth. There's mm-hmm. much more suspicion now. Interesting. Uh, and much more partisanship and so forth. Like It'll just, everything will become political. I'm sure this cancer thing has become political already but um, anyway hope setting those those downers mm. aside what can we solve uh, well some things that come to me in my mind mm. are um, we could create AI genuine AI mm-hmm. why would you want to do that yeah, right, yeah. well I think um, if we have genuinely thinking machines we can download for lack of a better word responsibilities mm-hmm. we can have genuine slave class that's ethical in some ways mm-hmm. you know um so that's one thing that comes to my mind if it's possible to have a thinking machine the only way to make it is through the exquisite investment of supreme amounts of funds mm-hmm. i the problem when i'm coming up with moonshots is i either would have very practical things like malaria let's sure. cure malaria or have a, a prevention of malaria uh, through whatever mechanism or i have other ideas which are very fuzzy so i think we need to understand we have a lack of empathy in our world right so how do we increase empathy among people so between the fuzzy and the concrete is difficult. You, you are such the non-scientist in the yeah. show aren't you yes <laughs> that's what you're paying me for <laughs> what, what where's what? my free coffee <laughs> well um Actually, why not this coffee why coffee. not immortality mm, that's a dumb I'm not sure it is done because people actually are working on it. A lot of companies are, are focused on it right now. Immortality is a rich white man's dream. I don't think it's... Okay, how about making me a rich white man? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> a, okay. lot, a lot of these these sort of grand ideas come from a very narrow viewpoint. Sure. Um, so the immortality one, the AI one... Mm-hmm. Um, you, you actually you think like a rich white man. Actually. <laughs> so I'm halfway there. <laughs> You're halfway there. Right? <laughs> you just need to be taller and lighter and richer. <laughs> You're a quarter of the way there. <laughs> okay, so let's go, uh, to be you know less selfish then. Yes. How about to perfect artificial meat to save the world's animals? There, that's a good one. I like that one. Okay. And that one I think would be quite achievable. Hmm. Uh, so actually, our number one goal should be anything that would help the environment. Anything that would, so that would be a big one. And we, we just lost half of our listeners, uh, the white right wing end of our <laughs> listeners, who were so into our show to begin That's with. Right. <laughs> our right wing listener. <laughs> okay, so uh, so to the, the remaining listeners, I ask you uh, if you have ideas about what the moonshot should be. Mm-hmm. Go to our website, sciencemonkey.ca, and uh, write to us or leave a comment under this episode. I've Let's got a good know. idea for oh, moonshot. Yeah. How do we have? Uh, Transatlantic flight without using oil. Uh, swans. Swan, big yeah. swans. Big swans. Yeah. Um, or geese. Towing helium balloons. Mm-hmm. However, we're almost out of helium. Did you know that? Uh, yeah, I heard that. We wasted a ton of it. We did. But here's the interesting thing of, of astrophysically mm-hmm. is planets with helium will lose their helium mm-hmm. because helium being lighter than most other gases will escape from the planet or um, 
gradually. Mm -hmm. So the older your planet, the less helium it will have. So mm -hmm. we're going to lose it anyway. Right. So I figured let's just all talk squeaky for a while and mm -hmm. make do. <laughs> It's the nihilist in you. There it is. The squeaky nihilist. So let's uh, let's move on to our next segment. Okay, we, moonshots. That was good. Yeah. So um, we need more. What should we do next? Should we do rigorous or rigorous? Or ridiculous? Ridiculous? No, let's let's do that. Because we did that at the top last time. All right. So let's do the bogus science quiz or the did you know? That did was you it. know? The okay. You know. So this segment is called Did You Know? Now, when I get a budget, we will have uh, theme music. To go before mm -hmm. this segment, so let's pretend there's theme music now. Okay. Uh, silence. Uh, hey, that was some great theme yeah, music, that was right? Really nice, yeah. yeah. Now it's time for Did You Know? So uh, I stole some questions from uh, QI, one of my favorite TV shows, QI, which stands for Quite Interesting. Mm -hmm. It's a BBC show. It's not Quotient of Intelligence. Um, nor nor is it QI for the inner life force that resides in each of us. Chi. There it is. Yeah. Um, so Actually, I'm going to talk about Chi later. Are you really? Yeah. Oh, nice nice tie-in. This is such a segue. It'll be a callback. Rich call episode. Back to this. I'm going to ask Graham three questions. Mm. Um, uh, Turn-ons include. No. And um, he's going to tell me uh, which of the two options in each three questions is true and which one is false. I'm confused already. You'll see. Three it'll be, questions it'll be clear. or three pieces of information? Sure, let's go with that. Okay. Let's go with your version. So let's start off. So uh, here are two options. Mm. First option, one-tenth of European babies mm. are fathered by men other than the person they think is their father. Do babies know who their father is? Well, they think they're the father is. Mm. In other words, one-tenth of European babies are bastards. Mm. Okay. Versus one-tenth of that. European babies mm -hmm. are conceived on an Ikea bed. Mm. Which one of those is true? I think actually, um, was it false paternity? I don't know what the term you'd be used for that. It's probably higher than one-tenth, perhaps. So I'm thinking I'll go with the Ikea beds one. That is correct, mm. Dr. Sanders, and actually uh, properly reasoned. You're actually mm. correct. Uh, bastardization, lack mm -hmm. of a better word, is higher than that. I think uh, I've seen stats of almost up to a third, mm. depending upon how the data is collected. You know nothing, Ray Watt, do you? <laughs> but according to QI, uh, one out of ten European babies conceived on a when I first read this, I thought they were going to Ikea and mm -hmm. having sex in the Ikea showroom. Oh, right room. in the actual showroom. Thought, yeah. Oh, they're actually buying the beds, take mm -hmm. them home. and It's one twentieth of yeah. European babies. So they probably just did a population versus how many Ikea beds are Exactly, there. Okay. yeah. All right. Bastards. Okay, next one. Next one. Okay, two options again. Um, the average person walks the equivalent of three times around the world in a lifetime. That's the first option. Second option. The average person will have swallowed the equivalent of five kilograms of rodent feces in a lifetime. Oh. Hmm. What is average? Let's see. Yeah. The, the second one is so disgusting that mm -hmm. I'm just going to pick the first one because I don't want the second one to be true about walking that's around a, here. That's an instance of confirmation bias. Yes. And look at you embracing the pseudoscience <laughs> and denying the evidence. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's very telling. Well, no. I think there's evidence, too. <laughs> <laughs> how would you ingest rat feces? From what source? Well, I believe I could, the argument walk, is that right? anytime you have eating food, something uh -huh. is crapped in it. And over time, that crap accumulates. Yeah, I don't buy that one. I think so you're, you're trying to gross the, me out. So yeah. you're going for the mm -hmm. walk around world? Yeah. You are correct, Graham uh -huh. Sanders. I am trying to gross you out. Yeah. And um, uh, it's not the average person who eats ro rodent feces. It's the very special person. Mm -hmm. And they probably enjoy it. But no, the average person does walk around the world three times uh, in a lifetime. And the, the world's circumference is, what, uh, 40,000 kilometers, I think? How do they so, get across the water? Uh, well, they have uh, Jesus-like tendencies. Mm -hmm. Or they have hoverboards. Hoverboards. Yeah. 
Another rich man, white, white man. <laughs> okay, your third question. This is a multiple choice. Okay. Okay. So, um, <laughs> all of the above. This person, this person genuinely believed or believes that monkeys and apes were able to talk to each other, mm-hmm. or talk to us rather, mm-hmm. but have kept quiet mm-hmm. just in case they were asked to do work. Smart monkeys. Exactly. Yeah. So I'll say it again. Uh, this individual genuinely believes or believes. <laughs> okay, the logic that you would actually have to like justify why ju- they've been. Well, smart. you could get them to do work anyway. It doesn't matter whether they can talk back to you. <laughs> How many people are asked to do work, whether or not they have anything to say about it? I mean, All right. So here are your options. Who believes this? Is it uh, Picasso? Was it mm-hmm. Descartes? Was it Aristotle? Or was it Jenny McCarthy? <laughs> okay, I'm not saying Jenny McCarthy. I think that's a plan. Picasso, Descartes, Aristotle, and Jenny McCarthy. I'm not supposed to answer these based on your psychology. I'm supposed to answer these based on the evidence presented, right? So who would oh, say something like that? Interesting. Well, is it not a valid methodology? Yeah, I mean, the, you can use... either interrogate the sure. questioner or the, the yeah. question, but um, that's how I did the rat feces one. Because I think you were just trying to gross me out. Playing the person, not, mm. the, not the, the evidence. No, so mm. next time you'll have to get someone else to come up with these questions so I can't use your psychology to crack the question. Oh, you're assuming this next time. Interesting. <laughs> so, okay, back to the question. Yeah. Uh, Descartes, Picasso, or? Aristotle. Aristotle, okay. So I don't think Aristotle had much to say on that. Uh, I think Picasso is too self-absorbed to talk about monkeys. Jenny McCarthy. So that leaves Descartes. And I think Descartes, yeah, he was into ideas of the interior life and language and so forth. But this is just such a ridiculous thing to say. He's an otherwise an intelligent man. I'm going to have to go to Aristotle or Descartes. Aristotle once said that the earth doesn't move because it would have legs if it, if it did. So, Aristotle. Wrong. It was Descartes. Descartes. And you uh, almost got there. And I was so impressed by your gotten, reasoning. should have gotten gone with my reasoning. The reasoning was so interesting because you said Aristotle because he wouldn't think about that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Picasso. What did you say? Picasso because he's too self-absorbed. He's too self-absorbed. Yeah. And you almost got Descartes. I'm, I was so impressed. Mm. And what a stupid thing to think. I mean, I would, I would have is, thought it was Aristotle. Right. Because, because it's just so ridiculous. And he says stupid things. Yeah, he says stupid things. Yeah. But, but I don't th- I, I don't know if he said much about monkeys. That's what, But I don't know everything Aristotle has said. You don't? No. Huh. No, I don't. Not, not anymore, at least. <laughs> That's our segment called Did You Know? Mm-hmm. Um, he said all animals are sad after sex, which I thought was an unusual thing to say, too. Are you sad after sex? No. I'm grateful. <laughs> Someone else is sad after yeah. sex. <laughs> <laughs> right. After sex, you're grateful as well, <laughs> and the other person usually try to escape. So, so <laughs> um, our next segment is... Oh, Are we uh, doing oh, let's go to rigorous and rigorous and, and ridiculous. ridiculous. We need so, music for that. There too. it is. So let's pretend <laughs> there's some theme music here, mm-hmm. and well, I'll insert some now. So in this segment, we have two papers that uh, you're making these jokes too easy. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we have two that papers that I've, I've asked. Um, uh, I've asked Graham to look at these two papers and to oh, yes, tell did. me. Yeah. Uh, how rigorous and or ridiculous they are. Now, these are uh, particularly different papers this mm-hmm. time around yeah. because um, they're not so much rigorous or ridiculous as they are just weird. Yes. So let's begin with the PLOS One article. And uh, let me uh, let me read it out for you. PLOS One. Is PLOS One a, 
a well-known yes, forum? Yes, it is. It's actually very well-respected. What does PLOS stand for? Um, uh, it stands for, I think, Public Library of Science. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so the, the paper is called The Biomechanical Characteristics of Hand Coordination mm-hmm. in Graspic Activities of Daily Living. This is a very important paper, not mm-hmm. because of its topic, right. but because of the kerfuffle surrounding it, mm-hmm. because it was recently retracted. Mm-hmm. And the reason it was retracted is that there are at least three instances in the paper of referring to the creator. With a capital C. With a capital C. Yeah. So in other words, it seems to be advocating for uh, a creationist perspective in mm-hmm. a science paper. Mm-hmm. Now, my question to Graham is, um, does he agree that it should have been retracted mm-hmm. for that purpose? Um, well, I wanted to, I, I looked a little bit into this paper. I actually heard about it as well. Um, and what struck me is that uh, all the authors are Chinese, and I assume it was probably written in Chinese and then translated to English at some point, although that's my assumption. Uh, but the reason I made that assumption is because the word creator in Chinese, zhaozha, is just a sort of general term for the creative force of the universe. It's not an abstract or sort of um, a specific idea of a deity, like a Judeo-Christian deity or God. Um and then, and when I looked at the study itself, the study is not proving or trying to prove intelligent design or the role of a creator in the design of the human hand. Um, it just says the human hand is wonderfully dexterous and therefore uh, is the proper design by the creator to perform a multitude of daily tasks in a comfortable way, which doesn't really add anything to the findings. <clears throat> it certainly detracts from the findings because it mm. reduces their their cloak of validity being science but it doesn't necessarily invalidate I was thinking that um, the cloak of validity was like the least useful Harry Potter spell (laughs) 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 beware Voldemort I have the cloak of validity you cannot harm me (laughs) my studies shall always have relevance in the real world (laughs) yeah so so my perspective on this is like yours Um, first I, I was very interested to learn your perspective that um, it might be a translation issue. A translation Second, issue, yeah. it's not relevant to the study. Well, what what is the study trying to prove? Bio- biomechanical characteristics of hand coordination and grasping activities of daily living sounds like a very descriptive yeah, it's title a descriptive to me. Study. So are they trying to say, um, it says in here that they're trying to look at the clear corresponding causality between the tenderness connective characteristics of the human hand and the coordinated characteristics during, during daily grasping activities, which seems to suggest that we don't understand the, the anatomy of the human hand fully. Is that, um, is that even I guess. true? I, I'm not a biomechanical guy, uh, okay. but my sense of it is simply describing, describing how the hand works. Yeah. It's not cutting edge science. Oh, okay. Right? That's my take from it. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not it's relevant to the field, that's a decision for the journal and for the reviewers. Mm-hmm. Whether or not it should have been retracted for the choice of that word, right. I think, is relevant to all of us. I think if they could could have taken out all mentions of the creator and it, and it didn't change the paper at all, which it doesn't look like it would, then it didn't necessarily – it could be retracted and resubmitted or something. Sure. I don't think the entire paper has been thrown out. Obviously, I'm not sympathetic to, to creation of perspectives, mm-hmm. but – I am sympathetic to the politicization of the publishing process. Mm -hmm. And because a word offends someone, that's not a reason to retract a paper, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's important, uh, the verbiage or or the way this is being portrayed in the media is that a creationist paper got its way into PLOS One. Yes, because that's the sexy headline. Yeah, yeah, and it's not a creationist paper. And you bring up a really interesting point Mm -hmm. that this might just be a, um, a, a kind of lexicon issue from mm-hmm. a Chinese scholar, which no one has brought up yet. Mm-hmm. So I think that's an important thing that we need to uh, educate the world about. 
Very nice. Look at us, educating the world. Educating the world. Introducing something new into the discussion. Because you could rewrite this sentence here that says, uh, art, and the articulations of the human hand, is the proper design by the creator to perform a multitude of daily tasks in a comfortable way? Just say the optimal uh, morphology mm-hmm. or something of the human hand. I mean, saying the creator or not doesn't, doesn't mean anything. Nothing, in that yeah. case. And if we take Zawuja as just meaning the creative force in the universe, that could easily stand for just evolution right the force of evolution yeah. if you want to call that a force yeah yeah totally so let's move on to the next paper yeah. because we're already okay. got time oh. is um uh next one is called celestial determinants of success in research published mm-hmm. in the canadian medical association journal which is actually a, a fairly robust and well-respected journal now you should know that the cmaj has a history of for their christmas issue mm-hmm. they publish wacky studies Okay. April and, Fool's type and stuff. And this is yeah. one of theirs. It's not an April Fool. It's not a fake study. It's mm-hmm. a real study. It's just, it, traditionally, it's wink, wink. This doesn't have a lot of meaning in the real world. I see. So they're actually using real statistical methodology. They are. Okay. They are. And what they've done here is they've attempted to determine whether there is a statistical pattern mm-hmm. in who wins the Nobel Prize mm-hmm. in medicine mm-hmm. according to their horoscope. Of course there is. And they have concluded statistically that uh, Geminis mm-hmm. are more likely, I think it's Geminis, are more likely to win the Nobel Prize. Yes. Yeah. Right. So what do you think of this t- paper? Well, just on the face of it, I wouldn't believe it, but it's fun. It's it's a good teaching mechanism probably to show how you can uh, use statistics to uncover patterns in any variables. Right. Whether well, those patterns are significant or not is another matter. So let, let me just read out some of the findings here. Mm-hmm. So they found that, um, uh, in particular, the odds of having won a Nobel Prize were increased for people born under the sign of Gemini. And it has an odds ratio here. You don't need to know what that means, but it's quite significant. Conversely, the odds of having won a Nobel Prize were decreased for those born under Leo. Mm-hmm. I'm a Leo. Mm-hmm. It tells me I'll never win a Nobel mm-hmm. Prize. Mm-hmm. Now, the numbers are real. The stats are mm-hmm. accurate. Can we then conclude? No. Then I ask my students this all the right. time, by the way, that in fact um, Gemini's have an advantage in winning a Nobel Prize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More Gemini's winning Nobel Prizes is not the same thing as saying that Gemini is more likely to win the Nobel Prize, in my mind. Um, you are correct. I, my phraseology was imprecise. Right. Like a random distribution is going to necessarily be random. Therefore, but you can't then turn around and extrapolate and predict the future based on that. That's so, an interesting perspective. Yeah. That's that's not really the problem here. The mm-hmm. problem here is that. With a large enough sample size, mm-hmm. you're going to find something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that something may mean nothing. Right. So this really is that showing that there's always going to be some something. association. Yeah. The underlying question we always ask is, is that something meaningful? Mm-hmm. So we like to teach our students uh, the difference between statistical significance and mm-hmm. clinical significance. Mm-hmm. I can always find an association between two things. Mm-hmm. Association between drinking uh, coffee out of brown cups as opposed to white cups. Right probably allows me to, you know, do more sit-ups during the day. Mm-hmm. If I have enough data, some kind of association mm-hmm. will come up with yeah. it, but it has no actual association. Anyway, it's kind of a fun topic. Mm-hmm. Um, the question, is it ridiculous or, or rigorous? It's kind of both. It's rigorously ridiculous? That's right. Yeah. And they don't pretend otherwise. Like mm-hmm. The author is, or, you know. I want to see a paper that's ridiculously rigorous. That's what I'd like to see. But oh, it'll be, be horrible to read. It'd be, yeah, it'd be really yeah. long. <laughs> so we have a last segment, don't we? Yes, which is... Uh, is this still a thing? Is this still a thing? Where we go back and look at ancient knowledge? Let's, let's leave some space here for our theme music. Okay. Theme music. Uh, is it still a thing? Yeah, okay. it is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and this, I actually would like to do two if I could have a... 
Do I have enough time to do two? Why not? All right. We, we control this. So this, these are both statements from classical Chinese philosophy. and Well, one's actually from a classical Chinese historical source from the 8th to 5th century BC called the Zhuozhuan, Zhuo tradition. And the other one's from a philosophical text called the Xunzi from the 3rd century BCE. And I'm reading both of these from The Shorter Science and Civilization in China by Joseph Needham. We'll put a link to, link to that on the website. Okay. Um, so, talking about correlation versus causation, this was already discussed in the 3rd century BC in the Xunzi. Um, if officials pray for rain and get rain, why is that? I answer, there is no reason at all. If they do not pray for rain, they will nevertheless get it. When officials save the sun and moon from being eaten, or when they pray for rain and a drought, or when they decide an important affair only after divination, this is not because they think that they will in this way get what they want, but only because it is the conventional thing to do. The prince thinks it is the conventional thing to do, but the people think it is supernatural. He who thinks it is a matter of convention will be fortunate. He who thinks it is supernatural will be unfortunate. Heavy man. Yeah, well, it goes back to the idea of why people believe in pseudoscience. There it is. Right? Um, it's two different mindsets, so which have always been around. when was this written again? Third century BC. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then the other one is in the Zhuo tradition. And this one I find really fascinating because it's a case of using a different way of framing experience, which is still relevant to uh, our experiences today. We might use a different vocabulary, but the principles are still scientific in my mind. Anyway, Prince Li, this is from the Zhuo, Zhuo tradition, so... 8th to 5th century BC. It's a text that accreted over time. Prince Li, having heard the story about the apparition of the two serpents, asked Shen Xu about them, saying, Do people still see apparitions of evil augury? Shen Xu replied, When a man fears something, his breath, his qi, escaping, attracts an apparition relating to what that which he fears. These apparitions have their principle in men. When men are without fault, no ominous apparitions appear. But when men throw away the rules of constant behavior, they appear. Such is the way in which they are caused. Which, on its face, sounds superstitious. But the argument is actually that ghosts don't exist. Ghosts are manifestations of human psyche. So we would put it in psychological terms. We talk about thoughts rather than chi. But the idea is that supernatural apparitions actually come from a human source. They're not external. Hmm. Which I think is you know, a pretty modern way of looking at What's the Chinese word for ghost? Uh, gui. 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 It's not gui? No? You're a guilo. This is Cantonese for uh, for white foreign devil. devil, yeah. Or, is it foreign devil or white devil? No. There are different terms in Chinese. So okay. guilo is sort of like uh, the demon class, the demon category, something like mm. that, or demon guys, whatever. Uh, but in Mandarin, it would be yang guizu, which is foreign devil. Yeah. I don't hear bai guizu that much, white devil. I don't think that's... That should be the name of this podcast. It's yeah. Science Monkey. White Devils? White Devils, even though I'm not white. <laughs> That's right. You're yeah. a wannabe. <laughs> I'm a wannabe white devil. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, That's great. So is this still a thing that we think ghosts are real or that we believe in, in divination? Sure. It is. It is still a thing. Yeah. But even back then, there were skeptics about it. So hmm. I thought that was interesting. So uh, we can derive two things from that. One is we, we haven't learned much since then. Right. We're still fighting the same battles. Or two, maybe they were right all along. <laughs> In fact, it's the scientists who are wrong. <laughs> There's a reason this stuff, the pseudoscience doesn't <laughs> <Exactly>. go away. <laughs> anyway, that okay. uh, takes us to, to half an hour. All right. And uh, 
That's our show for this week. Uh, once again, if you have any comments or suggestions for future episodes, please go to our website, sciencemonkey.ca. This yeah, we'd is, love to get the, is this still a thing stuff from people who know about other cultures. And other oh, absolutely sure. I mean, Graham's big on Chinese culture. I know a lot about Indian culture. So if there's more out there, please let us know. Uh, so this is uh, Monkey Ray signing off and... Monkey Graham. Oop, oop, oop. Eek. <laughs>